Hello and welcome to the last episode of Series 2 of the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental well-being. Each episode I interview a different knitter about why they knit and how it benefits their mental health. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened to season two and especially to the people who've got in touch by email or on Instagram to let me know they've enjoyed the podcast or that knitting has been important to their mental health or about projects they've been involved in to use knitting therapeutically. It's been such a pleasure to hear from everybody who's got in touch and to know that other people also believe strongly in the therapeutic potential of knitting and have been seeing in action either in their own lives or to help other people. I'm already booking guests and starting to record series three, which I hope to be releasing in the summer. But if you've got a suggestion of a great guest, then please do email me at mia at therapeuticknitting.org. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Liz O'Riordan. Liz is a breast surgeon who's also experienced cancer herself. She is now an author, podcaster, speaker, and also a knitter. Please note that during our conversation, we do talk about cancer, infertility and depression, but mostly about knitting. So hi, Liz. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mia. Um, So I always start the conversation with asking how you learnt to knit. Crikey. So I think I first learnt to knit on one of those wooden French dollies. Oh, yes. My, my dad's mum and my own mum would do a lot of knitting and I was desperate to fiddle with it. So they got me one of those. It's like a wooden tube with four spiky nails and you mm. kind of knit and get this long, long tube. And I'd be at school with my little thing with this growing strand of wool. What are you going to do with it? And That's I realized, what I've always wondered. What do you yes, do with it? <laughs> you, I love the making but I hate the joining together and sewing up and cutting off the ends. It's like you're meant to roll it up into a big long rug and a big circle, but life okay. is just too short. So mm. I just had rounds of long knitted ribbons and that was how I started. Okay. So you were what kind of age then? I must've been about six or seven, I think. Yeah. And when Starting did you graduate to kind of needles? I think that was about eight, nine, ten-ish with some very basic needles doing a scarf. My mum knitted amazing things like K-facet patterns. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. start simple. And I just love the fact that I could produce something and I would knit clothes for my Barbie dolls because they were really simple to do. Yeah. And then in my teenage years, I started knitting cuddly toys, okay. um, some for me and some to give to people as presents. And some of my friends at school were doing it. It was like the GCSE revision break. Okay. And we'd be there knitting kind of Christmas trees and farmers and we'd get the whole set. And it was just really nice to produce something positive when you're trying to cram your head full of stuff. Yeah. And actually, I've ended up interviewing a few doctors who, and, you know, certainly for me, found that it was a really good <laughs> antidote to academic learning <laughs> along the and way. And I guess being physical, doing something with my hands rather than just sitting in a book writing. It was almost using different muscles in the hands as well. Yeah. And I felt like it uses different muscles in my brain or uses a different part of my brain. So it kind yeah. of allows the learning to percolate a bit while my hands are busy, I feel. And the rhythm just getting into that rhythm of knitting it's kind of calming in a way you don't need to think you're just moving the needles on the wall so I'm interested that you had um peers who were knitting because I think a lot of us grew up as the only knitter in the, in the classroom yeah and... no my mum knitted I mean she knitted most of her life and she's given me clothes that she knitted maternity tops that she wore when she was pregnant with me oh wow 
That's amazing. And she's always been knitting, sewing, cross stitch, crochet. So I was, I was doing tap. We, we had to move house because there weren't enough wall space to put all our cross stitches on there. It was always <laughs> a very crafty kind of. It's autumn. The nights are getting darker. Let's get all the wool and the threads out. Mm. And have you knitted or crafted the whole way through? Were there ever times where you had like significant gaps where you didn't do any? I didn't knit during university. I think it felt it would almost take too long to do a project. And I was so, so busy as a doctor, but I did do cross stitches. I think I found that a bit more technically challenging as well when I needed to concentrate on something else. But as a junior doctor, um, I started knitting again. I did a PhD and taught half the girls there to knit. So we were making scarves and like really big size 20 needles. Like you can make scarves for all your friends. And especially when those, got the fluffy wools came out with all the bits and the threads. There was yeah. special like mesh wools. I got everyone knitting scarves. I've always been very good at making things that don't fit me. Okay. <laughs> Life is too short to make a gauge or make a swatch because of course my tension will be fine. And God, I did, when The Killing came out about 10 years ago, because you yeah. watched it on a flight on my honeymoon, I thought I'm going to make the jumper. And I bought the book and I did The Killing Jumper right. and it would fit a tiny 12 year old with no bust. Because <laughs> okay. the minute I did the colour work, the tension was really small. I was like, I can't get this over my head yes. with my beautiful sweater. So I've had to learn. Do you know, I actually have a not dissimilar um, experience of knitting my first all over colour work sweater that was like yeah. a, a tin can knits pattern that I added a bit to it, but I hadn't knitted anything all over colour work. So I was used to having a yoke, which was probably usually a bit tight, but then yes. a bit of a more forgiving body. Yeah. I'm knitting myself a new version of it's kind of a Christmas jumper and giving yeah. that to my nine-year-old. It's so <laughs> depressing. It will fit it? her better. It's like I need to knit like I operate, practice and prepare and make sure. I think, no, I just want to start. I'm too impatient. Yeah. Because you know, you can save that for operating, can't you? And break exactly. the rules a bit in knitting. Yeah. Okay. So you had a bit of a break. So you you were kind of a multi-crafter, really. Yes. Do I you think still so. do multiple different crafts? I do. I think. I get bored. I like to have several projects on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, I must have five or six cross stitches that I haven't finished from a while ago. I'm a bad finisher and I've got three jumpers that still need sewing together, which is why I tend to do. They're knitted. knitted. So I tend to do jumpers in the round that you knit down without the seams. Mm-hmm. And I started making my own clothes uh, three or four years ago. I thought I have too many clothes and I buy things I don't like and there's so much landfill. So I'm going to make things I actually like. And that's mm-hmm. been fun yeah um again fabric is free and wool is free and yeah <laughs> good job my husband has no idea just how big my sash is <laughs> I think it's always been a wintry thing um in the summer I'm out in the garden but when in autumn kind of winter I'll start I get the needles out and just knitting and it's something to do in front of the telly and I'd miss it if I wasn't doing something with my hands mm. and I think when I had to stop operating um because of side effects of breast cancer treatment it was that I, I need to use my hands Mm. And knitting was a great way of using both of them and just I guess calming me down and getting into that rhythm again mm. yeah I'm interested do you think the gardening also occupies that same space in the summer like in terms of doing something with your hands is it a similar I think so. feeling I think so I think it's I want to feel useful and it's mm. producing something so you plant yeah. a seed and you see it grow you, it, this is a question though why do jumpers weigh more than the balls of wool <laughs> do this they do what makes you think they weigh more than the balls it of just feels do they like actually like I've not done it but I was just thinking I've just knitted a small summer vest and I thought I've got like the four or five balls of wool which feel quite light and then the mm. jumper itself feels heavy and I might just going mad anyway I digress it's all the effort and the love 
and the therapy that you've knitted into yes it, it must be that must not it I think so either that or it's dog hair <laughs> or, or I'm crazy sure. <laughs> a lot of dog hair yeah um okay so you've knitted fairly steadily it sounds like you started knitting some quite complicated things quite early on because I think of toys they're quite fiddly yeah. quite a lot of shaping so we're knitting properly from patterns even at that stage as a teenager yes and I think it's me I'm I'm one of those annoying people who can see something once and pick it up really, really quickly. And I like a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to knit a boring stocking stitch scarf. I want to knit a scarf with all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. And I was, I think my mum had got a Reader's Digest book of kind of knitting and crafts. And I would knit swatches of all the different cable patterns and things. And I think it's that challenge. I want to do something that's interesting and difficult. Yeah. And that really hit me. And that doesn't at all sound like someone who's a surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, when I was having chemotherapy, I started knitting and I'd seen um, uh, entrelac knitting. Oh, yeah, I, that rings a bell, but I don't actually know what And it you is. kind of knit, you knit left and right on the needle and you kind of knit triangles going one way and then triangles going the other way, so it all joins together. And I kind of had to learn, people knit in different ways and my, I'm, I, I physically move the wool over the needle, whereas my mother-in-law will just keep it and use the fingers. I can't yes. do that. I had to learn to do continental knitting. So okay. rather than turning the work, I could knit left and then knit right. Okay. Yeah. Which blew my mind. But I would knit. I was high as a kite on morphine after my mastectomy. So I knitted a non-trelac scarf in 12 hours. Oh, wow. I was wide awake the next morning, a bit high. But look, I've made a scarf. And it all worked. You didn't look back yeah. at it and think. Yeah, no. Because again, once I get into the rhythm of the pattern, you know what you're doing. It's very simple. It was just learning that technique. And then... When it came back again, I started doing brioche knitting. And instead of doing brioche knitting with a nice, thick, sensible wool, I thought, no, I'm going to do it with two mohair strands ah. of wool, knitting this cobweb scarf. Wow. And how did that go? There was a bit of swearing and a lot of unpicking, but it's beautiful. And I yeah. tried to do another one, but I just don't have the heart to go through the effort to make it again. Mm, I'm sure the unpicking bit when that happens must be. Because it's so lacy and you can't because well mohair's kind of, tricky anyway. I'm yes, and you're with mohair at the and moment. knitting and yeah. And in terms of the types of projects you gravitate towards, is it always the more complicated, uncharted ter- territory you're kind of mountain climbing in your knitting projects? Or are there times where you think actually at the moment what I need for my mental health or well-being is something yeah. really simple something? It's exactly like that. So I do knit a lot of scarves and hats and shawls, or I can just sit and watch TV and knit and not have to think. Mm. Um, because they're the things that I wear most often. So I knitted just a very boring cream and navy striped breast on jumper, but I've worn it so much and it was mm. so simple to knit. And then challenging projects are often gifts for other people. Okay. But I, mit- I knitted a load of tiny little white hearts to give to people at Christmas and I'll knit little elephants and things, but they are quite finicky. Mm. And often it's the joy of something that's easy that knits up quite quickly rather than taking months and months and months. Yeah. And how much for you is it about the process of the knitting, which it sounds like there is something kind of soothing for you, the repetitive movements versus the kind of finishing a thing and, I don't know, having a life as an object, like being given to someone or you wearing it? It's the making. It's the making. So more process than product. Definitely. And I, I knit a load of things because I want to knit and I don't need another 50 scarves and I yeah. don't need another jumper, but I'm going to knit a jumper and mm-hmm. I enjoyed making it. And then I try it on. Yeah, it's nice. But actually, yeah, it, it's the making. Yeah. So you it's, would do that really even if you were on a desert island and had one ball of yarn. I think so. I still would unravel it and re-knit it. Yeah, yeah I think so. so. <laughs> and it's yeah. again, so it's funny as a 
as a consultant surgeon operating, um, when you've done the magic, the juniors come in and sew up the scar and make it look pretty and put the dressing on. And I almost need that for my knitting. Mm. Here you are. Here it is. Can you now sew the ends and finish the seams and stretch okay. and block it, please? Because yeah. I've, I've done the fun bit. Yes. How do you get used to loving that bit? I don't know. I think I've become more tolerant of all of the, the fiddly bits of knitting over time, actually. I used to sometimes leave things with just ends in a knitting basket and then yeah. for ages. But now I'm less, I do that less, I think. But I think I've learned to do the ends as I go along. Yeah. Which makes yeah. a big difference. That helps. Mm. And I think sometimes I, to be honest, depending on what I'm knitting, can get a bit of RSI. So I think sometimes yes. to change the task, it's quite helpful to have some ends to do. Yeah. Um, or you can do it while you're doing multitasking, perhaps, because you don't have yeah. to really use your brain. For example, if you were following a pattern, you could do it while you were on a bus or something and it might feel yeah. a bit less painful. And I've actually, I was knitting on a train and there was an old guy next to me who knitted as well. And we just spent the next hour talking about his knitting projects. Mm. It's amazing. You, yeah. when people come out of the woodwork. And this is the thing. Another knitter I follow, she's an Australian breast surgeon called Ria Lang. She was knitting at a conference. Hmm. and loads of men around us said you can't pay attention you're knitting so hmm. I'm sorry I'm paying far more attention than you are on your phone yes I can multitask another friend of mine was knitting things for Crystal in an MBT meeting and everyone thinks she's crazy but actually it almost makes you concentrate more on what you're hearing yeah. do you find that I would always in a business meeting or that kind of discussion or training I would struggle to sit still for six hours and learn about something without having knitting and I think the older I've got the more confident I've got and I think also the more awareness there is that actually humans are not really designed to sit still for six hours and just listen and you know if I have a very simple basic sock where I'm just knitting in circles stock and stitch that would 100% improve my concentration like you said stop my brain looking for distractions that would be more distracting like looking on my phone which is what everyone else is doing yes (laughs) and would you do that too would you I would I never did it at work yeah I, I think I'm so busy writing in meetings it was really yeah. hard to do that but especially on zoom calls and things I'll often have the knitting there and it's just it's just a way of focusing yeah so you would use it for that reason as well yeah, yeah. definitely in terms of what you think knitting brings your life in terms of your well-being generally how do you think it helps that's a really interesting question I've never thought about what it brings because it's just part of me mm. but I think it's that it's being able to make something and be proud of it and feel I've accomplished something because now I've retired, I don't do anything. And it's quite nice just to see I've made something, but it calms me down. I guess it's the mindfulness, kind of the buzzword. It's just a way of relaxing and switching off, but it's that challenging. It's getting my brain. Let's tackle something really big and keeping me thinking. And I like that. I like learning new things. What can I do next? What's different? I've got, it's amazing how you can just get lost scrolling down knitting patterns. It's another way of getting bored and kind of doom scrolling, but knitting patterns and knitting bloggers. But I love that whole, it's a really safe, friendly world. Knitters are great people. It's that, it's like a whole other community of friends that I didn't know existed. Now it's kind of opened up online, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know whether that's part of the process that you enjoy, like the planning of the project and the picking of the colours and the, or whether yeah. it's more the actual action or both. <sighs> I am I'm technical but I don't think I'm creative I find it very hard to imagine a jumper in another color because I see what's on the pattern I find it very very hard if you asked me to draw something I'd say give me something to copy but I couldn't draw from my brain 
So it's often me looking at a pattern with a colour, I like that, I need it. And then once I've knitted it, I may think, oh, I can change that because it'll look better. But for me, it's the doing. It's yeah. the getting stuck in and using my hands and telling my husband to stop talking to me when I'm casting on. <laughs> when you're counting stitches. He knows, when I'm counting, don't come near me. He'll stop shouting at numbers. No, this is the fifth <laughs> time. But it's always it's like 300 stitches. Yeah. Go away. Yeah, that's he doesn't understand it. It's really funny because he's a surgeon. I'm trying to show him, look, you could knit. It's just knots. It's just knots and needles. Yeah. No, I don't understand. I was interested that you said you've started making your own clothes. Is that um, over and above knitting or like sewing? As or? well. I think I get knitting is more a winter thing. Yeah. I don't really like knitted summer jumpers and it feels weird knitting a big heavy jumper or scarf in the summer because I'm not going to yeah. wear it then. And I like just knitting a load of simple jersey tops that fit me with some really nice jersey. And I like, again, that process of the sewing machine, of the knitting and the planning and the making. Although it's hard because I live in Suffolk, where I live, there aren't many fabric shops, which you buy fabric online. Same with wool, really. You order it online and think, oh, this is soft, it's not, or it's scratchy, it's not what I thought it would be. It's a couple of hours of me time as well. Mm. It's guilt-free, selfish. This is just me in my room with my machine and my needles just doing something for me. Yeah. And how does it... Does it affect your well-being once you're wearing the finished product? Yeah, it's a really nice feeling. I mean, someone mm. says, oh, I like your top. I, think, I need it. Yeah. And it's a bit of, hey, look at me, I'm amazing. But it's really nice to think I've got something that nobody else has that fits yeah. me perfectly. Like a jumper when you know you can add three inches onto the sleeves because they're never long enough. Mm. I love that you can customise the clothes to make them fit you. Because I feel like that was a, something that surprised me when I started knitting garments. Because for a long time, I wasn't really knitting it might have been shawls or scarves or hats, yeah. but it wasn't really like, you know, now I wear things yeah. I've made every day. And like yeah. you said, I had a, then a, a barren point in the summer where I thought I'm not wearing anything I've made and then turned to sewing. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's had a very transformative relationship in my, uh, is it body image or suppose like my, my relationship to clothing for sure. Yeah. But also if someone says, makes, gives me a compliment, it's not so much about how I look. It's, I can transform it into a more, a compliment that means something more to me. It's like, yes. oh, you're clever or you're creative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I made it myself. Yes. And they're like, wow, you made that. I could never do that. You think, yeah, actually, it, it's not just knitting. This is actually something that is quite impressive for a lot of people. But then you want them to know how simple it is. But I think it, I am more aware of what my body is like. Now I'm having to fit it to accept that this is yeah. my shape learn what works for me and what doesn't and actually appreciate jumpers and scarves and clothes and shops and realize what's gone in and is this made well and I'll look at the seams think actually this isn't I could do better than this and is it easier you know you said about that kind of coming to terms with how your body is now Mm. is that been more challenging if you're making it yourself or is that easier than if you were buying in a shop where you might be have an idea about what size or what shape you know, can you customise it more and does that feel better or not particularly? The the problem for me is that I don't have a left breast Mm. um, and I don't wear a prosthesis or a bra because of pain, so I am lopsided. My other side isn't particularly big, but it is very noticeable, especially in a big jumper when you've got one breast sticking out and it's kind of patterns or things to distract it or when you're sewing clothes, it's how you have to tweak the neckline so it doesn't gape or I can't Mm. wear that. And that was really challenging of seeing beautiful patterns and making them up thinking, no, this doesn't work. And I don't know how to change it for my shape. Yeah. 
Um, and it's kind of working out pattern placement on jumpers. So it's not very obvious where I don't yeah. want it to be seen. I think that's been really challenging mm. and learning how to measure yourself properly and actually forgetting that a small could be a large and a different size. And that's just how it's made. And it's just a number yeah. rather than being, oh, I'm always a size 10 or I'm always a size 4. Depends which shop you're in. And that's the same with dressmaking patterns, especially yeah. the Vogue ones from got the 1970s and 80s. They're like a size 8 in Vogue is like a size 12 now. And you just have to forget all of that. Yes. But I think you're right. I haven't got to the level of adapting patterns for sewing. That's quite challenging, I think. Yeah, um, a lot of YouTube videos. And it takes time because you have to trace out the pattern and then put it onto paper and then cut it and then yeah. get out the muslin and make a thing and does it fit and then do it again. And it seems like well, you just want to go straight to the cutting, like yeah. making a swatch and knitting. And yeah. you know you should. <laughs> but you just don't. <laughs> but you don't. Actually, I've learned to do that now. It's, it's not worth spending all that time on this beautiful wool if yeah. I'm not going to do a swatch and make sure it fits. Yeah. So I have finally learned that. I like to say I have, but there are certain that I have just recently made a hat that I now need to find someone with a very big head to oh, no. appreciate it. <laughs> would you say knitting is your main craft now? Would you still do, are you crocheting as well? I've done a bit of crocheting. I made a yellow elephant to go with my podcast and uh, I was going to make them for all the guests, but I find crochet really painful in my hands because mm. I don't do it. And when you flip between the two, it's almost like getting your hand muscles going again. I think it's knitting in the winter and sewing in the summer, but I will always knit. I just, I just love that feel of the needles mm. and seeing something grow and the challenge of reading a pattern. And I think I'm really glad I did it at such a young age. It's always been part of my life and it's something that I can hopefully pass on to my own grandchildren. And do you think you, you used it for this mental health benefit Definitely. Like when you were younger? Because I think I've, I probably did, but I don't think I actually realised I was doing it at the time. I think it actually was very late to dawn on me. <laughs> Uh, how I was actually using it but I definitely really was <laughs> I've never thought of that but I think you're right so I've had serious depression twice in my life and knitting was something I did I may just be in the house with my cats or my dog but I would knit and I could make something and it kind of made me feel that I'm still useful is the wrong word but I think it is it's a really good way of helping your mental health and just mm. just centering you again and helping you sometimes it's good thinking time and that can be bad because you're alone with your needles thinking oh my goodness I just tend to have friends repeats on so I don't need to concentrate for this background noise because it can be really finding the right thing to do as well but yeah I think it's been really important for my own my own peace of mind and sanity Mm. throughout all of my life and I can almost look at a jump and say oh I did that when I was feeling that and I made that Mm. scarf when I was feeling that and And how does it feel to have those kind of reminders in physical form it's weird in some ways it's a bit sad being reminded of how you felt at that time but then you Mm. look at the scarf and think no that that came out of that um there are positives to come out of it and I think that's it's really nice to see the good when you are in the middle of something because I think it's a it can be a complicated relationship can't it I've spoken to quite a few people who've used knitting during periods of grief for example yeah um and then you could have very mixed associations with that item so I when I found out I couldn't have children because chemo made me infertile, I suddenly started grieving for the loss of the baby. I now knew I really wanted and could never have. Mm. And I thought, right, because I thought I was, I was, my brother had had a son and I knitted all the baby clothes and I couldn't wait to knit them for my own baby because they're mm. so cute. Yeah. And I couldn't. And so what I then did was start knitting clothes for premature babies. Okay. And you can almost knit, this sounds really awful kind of either knit clothes for them when they're very very small or clothes to be buried in and they give you the size for baby hat that fits on an egg 
and they were teeny, teeny, tiny. And I was knitting all of them. And I just thought, no, this, this is not good for me. It was a nice idea, but doing it is just bringing it back home. So I had yeah. to stop. And I think it, it's saying it's okay to stop a project. Yeah. That's what I'm very, like. Re- I can't not finish a book if I don't like it. If I'm knitting a jumper and I'm just not enjoying it, I have to learn it's okay to stop. Yeah. I allow myself to stop with a book too. <laughs> mm. If that I don't care okay. if they live, the characters live or die, I think, well, I don't need to find out. And I think, I think that's, you know, when I do my therapeutic knitting groups, like in schools, I talk a lot about, it's really important for you to think about what you need the project to give you right now. Yeah. <laughs> And if it's not giving you that, it's not the right thing for right now. And it might not be the wrong thing forever. You know, maybe yeah. that jumper needs to go and sit and hibernate somewhere. Yeah. But if what you need for your life is a sense of achievement, maybe you need something a lot smaller that you're going to finish yes. <laughs> and get the sense of achievement and then, you know, tackle that jumper another time or unravel it. I've never yeah. thought of that. Why do you knit? I thought I just knit because it's what I do. But again, mm. is it distraction or is it comfort or is it... And I think it's probably helpful for our mental health because it's all of those things or it can yeah. be all of those things yeah. at different points. And sometimes it could be something soothing and simple and repetitive that's literally just your hands where your brain is yeah. doing a Zoom training or, you know, doing something else or where you're yeah. completely wiped and you don't have any bandwidth left for thinking. And sometimes yeah. you think, actually, I need an escape from the news or everything yeah. and I need to absorb myself completely in a really complicated pattern so I just can't think about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, it and I think you, those things, can't it? Yeah. You pick the right project for what you need at the time. And does the, for example, the materials make a difference or the colour? Does that make any difference? I'm always drawn to yellows and blues. And I love kind of the Norwegian, like the entire kind of colour work that they do. I love that. But often the patterns recommend really itchy wools. And it's okay. kind of, I've made that mistake before. You buy the wool that comes with a pattern. You think, no, I don't like this. But I think... I don't like bright colours, kind of soft, pale, pastely neutrals. Um, and I always want the perfect black jumper, but I hate knitting with black because yeah. it's so hard to see what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's an interesting design, um, either interesting colour work or an interesting stripe that catches my eye rather than the colours. And is it more about the process for you, like the design, or is it more about, oh, I like the look of that, I want to make it? Or is it more about... I want to be doing that thing with my hands, like cables or colour work. I think it's, I like the look of that pattern. It looks okay. interesting. That's what I'm drawn to. And sometimes I'm looking for a really cable hour in that work, jumping mm-hmm. for my husband, or sometimes I just want something light. But I think it's something will just catch my eye because I've always got projects on the go. I can always knit in another scarf and think, oh, that's, that just really excites me, what I want to knit next. And it could be anything. Scott is so haphazard, isn't it? How do you plan what to knit next? I think I think much more about process than about the end result. I wouldn't knit something I didn't want. Yeah. But for example, I have a jumper that is a very, very plain raglan stockinette jumper with three large stripes, basically, yeah. of colour. I love it. Um, it's slightly the worse for wear, having had an interaction with some moths. Um, I don't think I could re-knit that for myself. It wouldn't be enough going on. Yeah, I like to have a plain project on the go that I don't need to think about. For example, yeah, doing a Zoom training. So plain socks, for example, are quite good because I yeah. can carry them around. And in the summer, you know, if you ha- happen to end up sitting in the park or you're waiting yeah. on a bus or something, they're quite good because they're easy. You can stick them in your bag. But I don't think I would do a whole jumper like that. I'd be more attracted like this one has got some kind of detail. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
yeah. stitch patterns. And I think I would nowadays gravitate more towards something a bit complicated or colour work. I th- it's that boring. I think you get to a certain stage when your board's just knitting, stocking, stitch. And I do, stitch. I definitely plan my projects so that I have different, like I like something very challenging because sometimes I do just want to turn off the yeah. rest of the stuff going on in my brain yeah. and just be absorbed in it. Um, and then something for, yeah, like stopping me getting distracted if I'm listening. Yeah. So I definitely would plan them like that. And I think sometimes I do like with this project I've got on the go right now, it's got mohair. Yeah. I did really have a hankering for the tactile sensation of mohair, yes. I think. It is lovely and soft, isn't it? Yeah. I'd love to hear about a significant knitting project for you, Liz. Um, I think it was probably the first blanket I made done by knitting squares in all sorts of different colours and I did that during my A-levels and it was just I look at it and it was a great time of my life and it so many memories were kind of caught up in it and then I I knitted this huge squares and then I would crochet an edge around them and I thought wow this is amazing I've made this blanket it's Mm -hmm. actually a proper thing that I used for my war yeah and I then gave it on so our local hospital have volunteers who knit blankets to people who were dying Mm. So they have colourful blankets on the hospital beds. The nurses know the blanket means that they're on towards the end of the life. And I donated it to them. And that to me was a lovely way of giving something that didn't fit in with my life now onto someone else. Yeah. And I think the things that mean the most to me are things I've given to people. Like okay. really complicated scarves, they're not expecting to say thank you. It's that act of kind of love of giving it to someone else that really means a lot to me. Um, I often put more effort into those than I do for things I'm making myself. Yeah, so there's a big part of knitting that is about the feeling you get when you give something away to someone else. Yes, completely. Mm. And, and do you generally know beforehand, so if you're knitting a scarf, like you said, a complicated scarf, would you gen- generally know who's going to receive that? Generally. Necessarily? So a scarf I knitted recently I gave to someone, I thought it would be for someone, and then life happened to someone else. Then by the time I'd finished it, life had happened to someone else. I actually know they need it most. And often I don't, I'm just bored. I think I want to knit a beautiful, intricate, lacy scarf, and I don't need one, so I'll find someone to give it to when it's done, um, because I don't need another jumper at the moment. Mm. Again, you can knit so many things, and actually you don't wear them because you have so many, and it's really hard thinking, right, what do I actually want to wear that will go with my wardrobe instead of, oh, that's a pretty colour. Do the recipients always appreciate does, does it matter to you whether they know what's gone into it or whether they're not going to chuck it in the washing machine? Or... It always matters to me. Yeah. Um, but they're to close family and friends who know what it's like. So they, know, they understand. It's, they do understand. So um, we had, I had a group of friends who kind of knit and crochet on Twitter. And one of the first cardigans a friend made um, looked a bit female gynecological. Okay. So we called it a fanny cardigan. And then we thought we would set up a shop called Tips, Knits and Hookers. Because um, mm-hmm. I was a breast surgeon with knitting and the, ho- the, cr- the crochet hooks. So we'd sell yeah. cake and knit. And it's like, right, we will do this. And we all retire. <laughs> we will just sit and knit and crochet and chat all day long. And life yeah. would be wonderful. And are they friends you've met online? or people Yes, you know friends I've life? met online. Met online, okay. It all started. So I'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was on the train to London with my husband. And we were starting to talk about Christmas knitting patterns and I managed to find um, something led to willy warmers because I was talking about my time as a urology surgeon and you could find patterns for men's boxer shorts, which had a willy warmer attached. So you were laughing on the train. And then that then led us to finding a pattern for a knitted condom, <laughs> which obviously wouldn't work, which I then made and put lint chocolate balls on that goes on my tree every year. And since then, we've just gone looking for crazy knitted things <laughs> that you'd never, ever make. So it sounds like that 
kind of humorous side. Yes. So that was how you met this group of yes, friends. Yes, and I've met some of them in person. And it's just lovely. But we, we have our own little group and we'll share what we're making and have a laugh. And oh, my God, this looks like this. It didn't look like that on the pattern. And yeah, it's nice to have that and just share the mistakes and the... Hmm the pain when your husband makes you lose count and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so craft has brought a new connection yeah definitely to... more friends yes so again the Australian surgeon who knits as well it's like so many people who just get in touch because you're doing it and it's lovely and yeah. other people have been inspired to learn how to knit by watching a YouTube video because they've seen me post something mm. and I love that you can inspire other people to yeah. get on board with a habit and I think like you mentioned about knitting on the train it also can spark up conversations with random people who you probably will never see again but no. you could have a nice little chat <laughs> on a train exactly. journey and probably get no knitting done at all because you're yeah. too busy talking <laughs> but, but I love that it's just and it's not expensive you know you can get wool in a charity shop and a couple of needles and actually mm. make something and yeah so it sounds like it brings quite a lot of joy to your life. It does. It does. But for me, it's about using my hands in a complex way. It is my kind of, I'm not operating, but this is how I do it now. Yeah. Yeah. And seeking the challenge as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Think, what can I do next? I've done entrelac, I've done brioche, I've done intarsia. There must be something else I can do. Mm, Sure. And I can really hear that it's important to you to to get that sense of achievement. Yeah. To feel like it's a useful thing that goes yeah. out into I, the world and has a life afterwards I don't get patients flashing me in Sainsbury showing me their scars anymore saying thank you doctor <laughs> you can't see it it's that kind of I guess a sense of self-gratification hmm. yeah and also I'm you know because I guess as a surgeon you're someone who's a high achiever good with yes. your hands <laughs> yes attracted to a challenge but also really interested in helping people yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like in a way knitting can allow you to do all of those tick all of those boxes yeah and it's lovely I think it's so nice when you get something homemade from other people yeah if you know they've kind of really taken the effort and thought about you and I think it's really nice giving someone that gift mm, yeah because a scarf fits everybody yes <laughs> this is true <laughs> this is very true yeah I always end with asking about what the greatest gift is that knitting's given you for the rest of your life I think it's a sense of achievement that it doesn't matter where I am or how bad I'm feeling I can get the needles out and I can make something and say that wasn't a wasted day so it's a way of having a kind of soothing activity but also feeling having achieved something I think so it's yeah it's something I can always do that will just make me feel yeah you can still do something you're okay Mm. have you found like when you're feeling low you could still knit yes um and rather than spending hours doom scrolling on my phone I'll just turn it off I'll put some music on and I will just knit and it it, it's just that thinking time or not thinking time I've got the dog on my lap and he's got caught up in the ball of wool but it's just that kind of I just feel safe and there's something lovely about the feeling of that heavy blanket growing on your lap Mm. just that feeling of just me and my wool and I'm fine yeah sorry husband (laughs) (laughs) we'll edit that bit <laughs> we'll edit that bit no, no he knows he knows no, it's fine. um oh so that's amazing so it's really the sense of achievement and of like a feeling of peace and comfort that you get while you're doing it yeah definitely yeah and what it sounds like you? I think yeah all of those things I think it's really difficult to tie it down to what the I do feel like it's a way of accessing yeah comfort in a way mm. like I feel like it is a bit of a superpower that I have like this secret skill that if I go into a situation that's potentially stressful 
it will calm me down. Yeah. Like I would, and many people I've interviewed, and I certainly would count myself as a someone who's not particularly good at classic mindfulness or meditating, but it is a way that yeah. I feel like physiologically it probably reduces yeah. my blood pressure and my stress. I also think I'm not great at concentrating and just sitting and listening to training or something. It's different in yeah. therapy, obviously, because I'm more like a dialogue and I'm engaging, but just sitting and listening, I'm not great at. And knitting really helps me with focus. Yeah. But I think it's also like in terms of my body image, um, I feel like I, I really like the self-expression and the creativity yeah. that I like it being a wearable art in a way or a wearable yes, expression is, yeah. of who I am and I feel like I've kind of opted out of standard fashion <laughs> yes because I'm more interested in the process of making and then I love it and want to wear it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's nice wearing something you've made that no one else can have and mm. being a bit different because the shops are just full of the same colors you think no I'm gonna do orange and purple and red together and, and I think I've definitely yeah, I'd got a different relationship with colour. Like I think more about like when I made this yellow, I used to think I wasn't someone who would wear yellow, but it makes me feel happy every time I put it on. So of course I should wear yellow. It's all about the yellow. So she <laughs> yeah. wearing black. Yeah. yeah. So I do think it's, yeah, it's brought so much. And I love introducing new people to knitting and really enjoying working with teenagers and giving them that skill. Like you said, you've had it for such a long time and it's yeah. benefited your life maybe you didn't realize it always you know throughout your A-levels I I certainly had revision breaks in my doctorate where I would knit and it would you know allow ideas to percolate if I was writing an essay and I think um that has yeah really been invaluable and I'm really more putting psychological labels on the ways in which it's been helpful to me but it's been there doing it all along (laughs) yeah no it's amazing isn't it it's just that everyone should knit they should and maybe if it's not knitting for everybody you know there might be other ways they could have a creative outlet that's something yeah. you do with your hands something that you cr- literally create like you said about gardening I think some people might find that more their medium but yeah. I think a lot of the ways it would help them would be very similar definitely. would be my view definitely yeah Liz it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your your stories about knitting and how it's benefited you and I'm so glad that you it has brought you through some darker times and is continuing to bring joy to you and all the people who are lucky enough to receive your gifts oh thank you Mia it's been great Um, to chat if people want to find out more about you on social media see what you're knitting where would they do that so on Instagram I'm at Ariadon Liz on Twitter I'm at Liz underscore Ariadon Um, feel free to drop me a line and I will reply to anybody about anything Super. And I always encourage showing and telling of knitting. So I'd also love to see all your knitting. (laughs) And I'm now going to stalk your profile and see, right, what's the next jumper I'm going to make? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Mia. Thank you so much for listening to the Why I Knit podcast. If you'd like to find out more about therapeutic knitting, you can follow me on Instagram at knittingistherapeutic or at my website, therapeuticknitting.org. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. This will help grow the podcast and let more people know about the therapeutic benefits of knitting. And don't forget to subscribe too. Thank you.